Okay. I don't know who you send to stop droning, but if it... Shalala. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Daddy don't like it. Church family, I got a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. Uh, all of them uh, important, but none more important than this. Um, Brian Nichols approached me last month, and we've, of course, talked together for uh, a couple of years concerning this, but um, Brian is uh, stepping down from his role as uh, overseer of all things sound and media. Uh, I can't tell you when he started. I can't remember when he wasn't here. So he was playing drums the first year, you know, in the place at least. And uh, I want to just tell you, you're talking about faithful and, and good and dependable and kind and everything that's good about our church, Brian Nichols and Leanne Nichols and their family is and are. And uh, they, of course, did not ask for any of this, but we are going to uh, celebrate them the last Sunday or the first Sunday in March. And we are going to honor him during the service. I really want us to participate in blessing him and his family with an offering of gratitude. I, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people have heard uh, the gospel through not just our volunteers that are here, but under his ministry. I know when we started it the first year, if I remember correctly, it was 50 or 60,000 sermons went out. So I can imagine how many go out, but I just... I know it's in your heart to do that, and we want to honor and bless him. So plan on free lunch. Somebody say free. Free lunch in the grill, but especially so he can hear your voice. We're gonna, I, I encourage you to give him cards and notes, but I want him to know that we don't take the last 20-plus years uh, for granted. Is that right? Is that good? Good. So... He's not here today, so I'm able to say all this without him cutting my mic off. Uh, I, I do want to tell you a couple of things just because it's personal and you're all I have to tell because you're my peoples. You're my people. So we scheduled this time to go to see Al, Pastor Al and Laura in Berwick, uh, not Berwick, in uh, near Bangor, Frankfurt, uh, there in Maine. And as the day approaches, we set it a month out, I guess, three or four weeks out. It just so happens that the day we land, statewide, is the coldest day on record in Maine since we started keeping records. 40 below zero. It was 20 below with a wind chill factor of 40 below. And I had somebody try to explain to me that, well, it's not really 40 below. It's, listen, I thought this fat boy from Georgia is okay. You got insulations. I had me a little jacket, you know, and I did bring me something for my ears and my hands. Just walking to the car. He's out front. Bangor doesn't have a big, you know, out front place. And I said, I just walked from here to Mariana over there. The wind hit my eyes. The water come out my eyes. The water froze on my eyes. It was, I was like, Oh, I really was excited to feel what it felt like, and now that excitement has already happened. I don't need it to happen no more. But what I thought you would find funny, because you take pleasure in laughing at me over the years, is on the way home, we had to be detoured. We didn't fly to Bangor. We flew to Portland, Maine, because my fl all those flights canceled. So it, Al had to drive two hours to come get me. Got there at one in the morning. And then two hours and 20 minutes back, so we didn't get home till almost four in the morning. 
There's nothing. Those of you from Maine, Mike, you know, going to, from Portland to Maine, there's nothing. Just frozen piles of brown ice on the side of the road and a couple of elk walking by. That's all you got. His truck regulator goes out. And the gas pedals to the floor and we're doing 40 miles an hour. And it dawns on me. If this dies, I die. <laughs> no, seriously. But there's nobody that can get to you. You're 40 minutes away from a human. Anywhere. And I thought, and my fellas can appreciate this, I went, this ain't how I planned going out, snuggled up to a fat man missing teeth. This ain't... <laughs> I can't go out snuggled up to Al. And the reason I'm saying that is because he'll be listening to this later. That ain't how I want to die. So, but we made it home, and the truck's still in the shop. And um, I just thank the Lord. I, I could have died in a truck with Al. So, but <laughs> the church had its largest attendance they've ever had. We worshiped in his home. I was able to speak to him on the subject I covered last with you about the Holy Spirit it was beautiful, beautiful time together and uh, shifting gears now. You need to know that there's a beautiful thing going on in our church. Do you sense it? Yeah, man can't create it. You can't do it. You can't work it up. Oh, you can get loud, but you can't work up the moving of the Spirit. He thaws out cold hearts and, and re-stirs uh, the embers of our heart. He makes us start to come alive again. We start remembering who we were and what we used to do and who we used to be and how we used to minister. There starts to become a dissatisfaction for things as they are, remembering how they used to be, which makes us long for that which is to come. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to continue that uh, today. I had planned on concluding our series on the Holy Spirit, but I felt I was supposed to do this today. And then next week, if Jesus tarries, I want to speak to you on the subject of the gift of tongues. And that's different than the gift of tongues. Not every gift is the divine gift for, uh, for other people. Not every gift is a ministry gift. Anything God gives you is a gift. You know that. A gift of grace. So the ability to speak in tongues is a gift. But it's not the gift of tongues, which is for the edification of the church when it's interpreted. The gift of tongues, the ability to pray in tongues, is a gift from me. The Bible said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But the gift of tongues is for the edification of the body. And I want to speak next week, if the Lord allows, and differentiate between the gifts of the Spirit and the need for them for us individually and collectively. And, and don't be intimidated by it. Don't, don't carry in prejudices from the past. We're just going to look at it simply and if the word. And if it simply isn't there, we're going to simply reject it. Is that okay? I want everything he has for me. He has for me. I appreciate mama's God and granddaddy's God and papa's God, but I want to know him for myself in my generation. All right. Stand with me. Turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 16. If you're there, say amen. Beginning with verse 7. Are we on the screens? Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, the comforter, 
the Holy Spirit, the advocate, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into... So not just the truth of his word, but the truth about yourself. Right? I could stop right there. I've preached. He'll guide you into the truth about the situation you're in. How did you get there? Why are you still there? Who's the problem? He'll guide you into everything that has to do with truth. Because Jesus is the... Okay. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he'll show you things to come. This is the role of the Holy Spirit, to make Jesus preeminent, paramount, and first in our lives. And if someone or a church says, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and it does not originate with Jesus, it is not sustained by Jesus, and it does not culminate in the person of Jesus, it's an imitation. It's a working of the flesh. All right, he will glorify me. How? He'll receive of mine, which means Jesus will give to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will give to you. And all things that the Father hath are mine, therefore I have said that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Two weeks ago, the Lord allows us, allowed us to talk about the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the earnest of the Spirit, being sealed with the Spirit. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit empowering us, as prophesied by Joel, uh, that in the last days he'll pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. The sealing of the Holy Spirit was for you. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is for others. And today I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit helping us in small ways and in big ways, in ways that you're aware of and those you're unaware of. I need him today. That's why I'm holding on to this. I got vertigo today. That's such a small thing. We got people battling with cancer. But you know, I don't even differentiate anymore. Mama Sheila taught me this. I just need him. Lord, I need. she taught me to say, just Lord, help. With what? Everything. I need him. Good thing he's here. I'd hate to need someone that ain't here. That's right. So Lord, I stand before you today and you know, my physical body has been jacked up for like six weeks, Lord. It just hasn't worked right. And I've been nauseated and busting blood vessels and sick and vertigo. But I just, I just make myself available to you today, Lord. I, it don't matter that I come across any other way, but as a communicator of your truth, and I know that's your will, and I pray for that empowering and that quickening, quickening, give me clarity of thought, and let the power of your Holy Spirit communicate truth to us in such a way that we live changed, less of us and more of Christ. And I thank you for it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I don't like having to hold on to this, but if I let go, y'all get blurry. So, the Holy Spirit helps us, has helped us, is helping us, and shall help us. Before you got saved, you were being saved. 
Before you got saved, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the darkness of your waters and your chaos. Before you got saved, the Holy Spirit was saving. And then when you got saved, he, you were born again by his Spirit and created. He gave, the life that Christ gave you was the Holy Spirit himself. And he is saving you. You were being saved, you were saved, and you are being saved, and you shall be saved. There is not a day, a situation, an opportunity, a difficulty, a challenge, a season where the Holy Spirit is not helping you. You may not think so because we equate that if I'm in weakness or if I'm in difficulty or if I'm not on the mountain that the Holy Spirit is not active. Not so. God causes all things to work together. That means bad things, inconvenient things, painful things, hurtful things. He's working them all together for my good. How? According to the power that worketh in you, the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that quickened Jesus, that raised him from the dead, lives in you. We are not supposed to worship the Holy Spirit, because he's deferred that. Is he worthy of worship? All The, the three uh, divine, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he took the role in the same way when Jesus came as a man, he deferred. The Holy Spirit defers now and says, don't worship me, but you can talk to me. Ain't nothing wrong with saying, Holy Spirit, you welcome in my home. You're welcome in my mind. Come come, sit in my mind, O oh Lord. Holy Spirit, come. I need you. And I, I know, I know that you are my helper. Holy Spirit is my helper in all things. And Jesus, for Jesus to say, it is an utmost important that I get out of here. If I was a disciple and I could touch the Son of God, I would say, there ain't no way I'm better off with you gone, he said. Yes, you are. Now, some of you have never thought through this. What do you mean it's better to have the Holy Spirit? Because he'll be with you always. Jesus in the flesh was reserved to one place at one time. When he was in Capernaum, Jericho was out of luck. Unless someone from Jericho came and got him to send the word, right? But Jesus wants you to know today, it was the Holy Spirit in your life is better than me in the flesh being around you. And I gave him to you. And he's going to abide with you always. There's not a moment of the day that you can't talk to me with him not being there. He's heard every prayer. He's helped you offer those prayers. He were there when they were presented to God, and he was often the emissary to bring back the answer. He and God help you. Oh, if you would just stop being the two-year-old. I do it. Well, that's why we're so messed up. I do it. And let the Holy Spirit help you. Be needy. Not, not childish needy. Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The most steady Christians I know need the Lord. I need him. Before I go somewhere, I pray, I ask him. Before I meet anyone or do anything, I say, Lord, you know how stupid I am. 
Oh, don't say that. Like the Lord don't know. <laughs> Come on. Lord, you know that if I make this decision in my own understanding, I'll mess it up. But if I yield to you, help me, Lord. Help me to see what I wouldn't have seen. Help me to hear what I wouldn't have heard. Help me to know what I wouldn't have known so I'll do what I should have done all along. The Lord is my helper. Oh, there it is again. Well, if the Lord was the helper in the Old Testament, separate from the people, ruling from heaven, I carry the life of Jesus Christ in me and so do you. How close is your help? As close as the ex. While you're exhaling, I love what Pastor Charles said. While you're exhaling, you ought to put something with that wind. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I'm, I'm not going to just waste the air. Lord, I'm looking for you. I'm expecting you. I'm anticipating you. And this is the reason that Satan is so aggressively active in devaluing, diluting, and deceiving the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. This is why the culture of this world and false churches, yeah, I said it, false churches, they look like churches. They use the name of Jesus, but it's not a biblical Jesus. And they talk about self-hyphen, self-actualization, self-help. If that ain't the sorriest word in the dictionary, self-help. Now, there should be responsibility, self-responsibility, but my help cometh from the Lord that made heaven and earth. They talk about the power within. All you got to do is look within, baby. And I don't care how many celebrities that tell you they love the Lord, when Steve Harvey and Oprah and all of them, all of them get up and, and, and live like hell and talking about, you just ain't got to look no further than yourself, baby. Then that cancels out your previous profession of, I just want to thank the Lord for everything. And, and then, no, the Lord rules and reigns in our life. And he's preeminent. He's exclusive. Well, there's other ways to get to heaven. Right then you tell me that you're not my brother. Well, you shouldn't judge him. I'm not judging them. I'm judging their words. He said there's different ways to get to God. And Jesus said, I am the only, I am the way, not a way, the way. And this is why in our culture, and listen, in the church culture, it is hip to mock those that are spirit-filled. Mock the spirit-filled. Mock those that are confident. Mock those that talk about the gifts of the spirit. Oh, beat up on those that talk in tongues. Make sure that the crazies get all the attention so that we can keep a simple truth from the body of Christ. Just because they're out of control and they say, look at what the Holy Spirit's doing to me, then we in four minutes are deceived and kept distant from the greatest of provisions this side of the cross that you'll ever have. Oh, you got to look at this. And they claim they're filled with the Spirit. It's so easy. You watch this video on the internet and they're all barking like dogs and clucking like chickens. And one guy standing over screaming fire. And this one sounds demon possessed and he's rolling around in fire. Someone said, Pastor John, do you believe that? I believe he's having an experience. Yeah, look. Not a divine one. He's having a supernatural one. Not a divine one. How can you tell? He's out of control. 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self. This ain't hard. That's right. Get out your little uh, sharpie and go, eh, eh, eh. That doesn't mean that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power, in those seasons when we're worshiping or praying, and it's all we can do not to be overcome. That's not out, oh, that's not out of control. That's overwhelmed. The beauty of his glory, and I lay down on my face and hide myself from him. Not hide, but hide my face. Out of control means when, when I'm in control, I'm not doing anything that would bring attention to me or the moment except how beautiful he is and how great he is. I've had many experiences in these last 40 years with the Lord through and in and under his Holy Spirit but I was never out of control. He never stuck his hand in me like a puppet and made me do anything. He's empowering this morning, but he didn't make me get up. He didn't make me walk up the stairs or come up here. He's empowering me, but everything I do, I do willfully. But when the Holy Spirit is operating with you, you do it in partnership of his help. Brother John, I think that's judgmental. Well, Paul said, judge all things. Jesus said, thou shalt not judge. Yeah, look at the context. Another man's heart. I don't know what's in his heart, but I can tell you what's in his life. I can show you that. That's not God. A man slaps his wife. God told me to. You don't have no problem saying that's not God. Right? Don't judge him. He just slapped his wife. First of all, he's a fool. The last time he slapped her, he didn't see her for two weeks after that. And then this one eye opened up just a little bit. You know, he's a fool. If I were the devil, this side of the cross, I don't want your car. I don't want your house. I don't, need, I don't even need to, to give you false convictions or, or crazy friends. If I can just keep you from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then you're dependent upon willpower. And you're dependent upon you assessing the situation. Instead of creating with you a vacuum that no matter what comes in your life, good, bad, or unknown, you bow and say, I need you, Lord. Help me. The Holy Spirit helps us by revealing Christ and by the sharing of Christ's life within us. Keeping him ever before us. He reveals Christ by sharing Christ's life with us and keeping him ever before us. You remember I used the illustration uh, with you last week that here's an electric fence and here I am. And then if uh, Katrina's right here beside me, if I touch that fence, I'm going to feel its life. If I touch Katrina, she's going to feel its life. So what am I then? A conduit. When Jesus says the Holy Spirit will take from me not just perfect knowledge, not just desire and design and intention, but life. And there's moments when you ask and there's moments when you don't ask. And the Holy Spirit gives you the life of God and quickens you. Years ago, I was in a nursing home room with Grace Adkins. Most of you don't know her, if any. And, and my pastor would, I'd go with him times on hospital visits and 
when someone was incapacitated, we had a standard rule that we would just sing hymns to them. I guess today you sing choruses if you go in, but we, we just sang hymns to them. And most of the time they couldn't respond. And I remember like yesterday. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't want to be distracting to you. Um, we're in the room and pastor, we had sang a couple of hymns and he was reading scriptures and then we started singing again. Now she hadn't moved. If I remember correctly, she was comatose. But if not, there was no responses. Physically, if they pricked her, no response to anybody's voice. Hey, Miss Grace, we're here, nothing. And you had to be there to see it. We just... We love you today, Miss Grace. We, you know, she ain't moved. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Every time we see her, she's the same way. She shot up in that bed like someone had electrocuted her. Here's a woman whose mouth is caked closed. You know, when they can't move and it had that syringe thing, the breathing element in, on and off, and had tape uh, residue left around her lips, and she's just laying there. And she sat up and she goes, beautiful. Oh, I see the Son of God. Beautiful. Laid her head down and was dead. You can say what you want to. When I saw this happen, I laid on my face. I was afraid to look up. The fear of the Lord, because this was her moment, not mine. I felt like I was in somebody's bedroom. I just hid my face. But I also realized in that moment that that spirit that quickened her in that moment was there all alone. He let Carrie and I, Pastor Carrie and I, see how powerful that electric fence was. One word from heaven can snap you out of how you've been thinking and give you the mind of Christ. One, One infusion of life will let you go from helpless to full of strength. One infusion from that life. And it's all scriptural. So, so you're either expecting the hope, you're asking for or the help, or you're not even thinking about it and it comes in moments. I don't know what she was thinking. It could have been, Lord, take me out. I'm just so ready to go home. But I, I realized in that moment and afterwards that I have been underestimating the power of the touch of God. Oh, old-time Christian, all of us older saints, white-haired. Remember when they used to say, they would say, I just need the touch from the Lord. Oh, that sounds so wistful. No, it sounds smart. We've substituted this pseudo-fake plaster of Paris religion that's about propping us up and making declarations about ourselves and looking in the mirror and telling us who we are and what we're capable of instead of saying, I need thee, Lord. Every hour I need you. Touch me, O God, in the service. And whether that touching makes me sit up in power or makes me fall in repentance, I need you to touch me, O Lord. I wanted to ask if, if they would. Uh, Brandy, would you come up? Is, is Kelly with you? Oh, he's doing security. Come on up. Kelly, will you come up with her? Just so she don't have to be by herself. There's just something beautiful that happened the other day. And you'll get that mic fixed for her, Kelly. I want to give her a... Uh, will you grab that for her? 
I asked her, would she do this for me a couple of weeks ago? Now she's had to wait two weeks. So I'm going to give enough introduction to where it'll make it easy for her because I, I know my sister, if you will. Okay. Two weeks ago when I was preaching, I was reading the words. And while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost just fell on them which heard the word. And they which are the circumcision believed were astonished as that many that came with Peter because the, on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For everyone heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. If you don't know my sister, she is the last five people in this church that you could ever make do anything to be seen. You know, just like quiet. She reserves all that, I'm sure, for home and the husband. We can, we can talk then and there. But like, hey, Brandy, will you show out? No. You, you can't make her draw attention to herself. Her and her husband serve regularly, faithfully. You'd never know it. They don't say anything. But something happened while I was reading that text and preaching on that text. Something beautiful happened. And I've I, I not rehearsed with you. I think Amy just asked if you'd do it for me. So I want you to tell them, just sitting right over there, what happened. Because actually when you played the song, the Holy Spirit, and like you said, you were in con complete control over it, but the Holy Spirit just impelled me to just stand up. Because <laughs> as soon as the, like, the song hit, I just stood up, and I just said, you know, to, it's like I knew what was happening, but I just felt so compelled not to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. like, and, then, and I said, Lord, if it's in your will, I would just ask you just to let me speak in tongues and just my mouth open, and just, all these things just come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And so you're completely conscious. You know what's going on. And I'm like, Lord, is this really happening? Like, thank you. Why would you give me such a beautiful gift? Why would I ever be worthy of this? Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to Amy about, like, practicing it and doing it as much as mm -hmm. you can. So I was telling her I'm trying to find moments to get mm -hmm. alone, you know, where mm -hmm. I can just do it. And I've been, you know, mm -hmm. um, just excited. I told my girls, because I didn't want them to be, you know, scared or apprehensive. Um, I said, it feels like where you're at school and you know the answer and you want <laughs> to say, Lord, please, 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 please. And the teacher won't call on you. So you like look for moments where you can just shout and you can just yell. Like, I just can't wait to get in moments where I can just uh -huh. speak in tongues and just, and just speak to him. <laughs> okay. Hold up right there. That's so good. She came down and she says, Pastor John, it's just so beautiful. I see him differently from this moment. See, when you're saved, you see him for the first time. So if you're given a measure of the Holy Spirit when you're saved, what is an overflowing baptism in it? Well, I just see him more clearly and more precious. And, and let me tell you this about that. You know, when, 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 we pr when we pray in tongues, and I'll get to this next week. I, just, I don't want to pass this over. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, and that word speaketh and prayeth, there's a distinction between in the church so that other people can be edified and when I'm at home. When, when we're at home, Paul taught us, he said, I'm going to speak, I'm going to pray with the Spirit and with my understanding. When you pray in the Spirit, your spirit man is edified, charged, built up, like you build a house. And there are things done invisibly that we don't know about. It's important for me to pray with my understanding. Did you know what you were praying when you were praying down here? No, sir, not okay. at all. No. Now, if you were in the church and you began to do that out loud in the sense of uh, taking over the service, okay? Well, no one could be blessed if there's no interpreter here. But you don't need to interpret your prayers because they're not for you. Your prayers are for him. I thank God who originated that stirring knows what you're praying. Do you feel close to him when you do that? I feel so close to him. And just my worship and just my prayer life, it just feels, they just feel full. 
just like a, a fullness I've never felt. The worship here, in, you know, I said it doesn't matter what they were singing. It's just the worship is just so full. It's just on a whole other, another level. Amen. So. Well, let me say this for you, see When she says, do you catch that? It don't matter what they're singing. When, you're, when you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, all you got to hear is Jesus. And it don't matter if it's my style, my flavor, my speed, or my generation. When they say, all to Jesus, your spirit says, yes! All to him I owe, yes! Well, I want you to know I confirm not only what I saw, but what I see. And it's a beautiful, precious thing, and you guard it, and don't be embarrassed. He said, if we're ever embarrassed of him or his words, that he wouldn't be embarrassed of us. And what your pastor was doing, kind of, I knew it would be a blessing to them. But see, you've crossed that hurdle now because the last thing you want to do is stand in front of a bunch of people. But you just told everybody, hey, y'all, this is what happened. Like it or love it. It's real. I receive. Thank you, Lord. And that, that conquers that fear. So thank you, sis, thank so you. much. So thank much. You. Thank you. you put that mic up for me? Thank you. I can hear not from this church, but in the ears of my past with people. That's out of line. That's out of order. In that same pharisaical tone that quotes one scripture trying to cancel out the other. Right now, I can talk in tongues. It's, it's, see, it's not, a, it's not a football game where if you talk in tongues and there's not an interpreter, throw a flag, that's wrong, that's wrong. No, the, the, the context was, how does that help anybody, John? They don't know what you're saying. But when you're at home and you're praying in the Spirit, you're edified. Now, in the church, and I'll talk about this next week as well, but if in the church, if I speak in tongues and there's an interpreter, then the body's edified. I celebrate you. I, I, it was one, I just need to see it. And sometimes when you see it in the person that you know, if you put a mic in front of them and said, tell them you were filled with the Holy Spirit. She's also very quiet, but she ain't going to say nothing for nobody that ain't true. Say, were you filled Sunday? No. She'd tell you. No. She goes, Pastor John, I had no idea. And I said, I know. None of us do. Everything that you are wanting in your Christian life is on the other side of believing God's word. Not believing for it, believing God's word. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He produces Christ-likeness in us, transforming us into his image. The Holy Spirit helps us. See, you can't change yourself. You can make decisions of environment. You can make decisions of immediate reaction, but you can't change yourself. You can only yield to the Holy Spirit. That's why it's not the fruit of your will. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes it his mission to create Christ-likeness in you. If Jesus, now here's one for you to, if you, if you love theological, um, what's that thing called on your desktop when it just goes in a circle? Well, it's Rolodex, you know, it's buffering that says, wait a minute. If Jesus, while he was a man, he was all God, Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't think he needed it. But coming up out of the water, the Spirit fell upon him. One guy asked me one time, said, why didn't Jesus speak in tongues? How do you know he didn't? He spoke God. 
You know, if you want an argument, people can argue me in anything. Well, I had one guy ask me, why didn't Jesus speak in tongues? I said, why don't you ask him? He spoke God. What are you talking about? But he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if he, my model, needed it. You know I need night classes. If he, the example, needed it and or received it, I want this. The Holy Spirit produces in us the not I but Christ mindset. He swaps out our temporal worldview with an eternal worldview. He makes the cowardly courageous, the timid bold. He convicts the hard-hearted. I got a buddy of mine here that on his journey to Christ before he was a believer, this was many years ago, he's a personal friend of mine, um, he's another one. If he ever took the mic and told you his story, you, he, you ain't going to get him to lie about anything. He said, you know, no, that's not how it went down. he just tell you the truth. And he came to me before his conversion, while he was being saved. As a matter of fact, one time uh, I was in the restaurant where he worked, and I'd been fishing for him for a long time, and he'd been at the table and talking with all my friends. And as he walked off, I told my friends, I said, I got him, I got him. And he turned around, and I was going, like this. So he saw me doing that and he later called me out on it. He said, I know what you were doing. You told him you was catching me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <coughs> But he came and said, John, can I ask you something? He said, yeah. He said, what does unrepentant heart mean? I said, why would you ask me? He said, just, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. Now here's a person that's not a believer, but is a target of God, an elect that the Holy Spirit's going to bring to him. Spoke to him clearly enough, not audibly, clearly enough that he could articulate to me what was said. He said, I felt a voice tell me today that I had an unrepentant heart. What does it mean? And I was able to share it with him. And I didn't start playing God and telling him what he needed to do. I just said, an unrepentant heart is someone that refuses to bow their knee and agree with what God says about them. Oh, and it wasn't too many months after that that I saw that unrepentant man repent and be born again. But see, the Holy Spirit convicts the hard-hearted. He makes the weak strong. He helps the blind to see, the double-minded to be confident, the selfish to be selfless and generous, the bound. He makes them free. He makes the gullible discerning and the hopeless hopeful where the Holy Spirit is there, he is transferring who Christ is to you. That ought to be our goal. Christ is not hopeless. Now, we are in the flesh, but I ought to be getting transference for my weaknesses. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he does not remove my humanity. He compensates for it. Strength for weakness. Clarity for confusion. And that's why we need him so he supplies and sustains spiritual fruit. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no long, no law. How do you know the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and someone that just chooses to be patient? Okay, patience. Fruit of the Spirit. And patience is not just pleasant, being pleasant in the line at Kroger. That's not what patience is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Patience is the ability, if you look up the word, to remain under trial and stress in the same path. That's what it means. 
But it's, it's okay to have the other patience too. That's an, a type of patience. So what's the difference between the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience, and you deciding to be patient? First of all, one is joyful. <laughs> and one is not. I'm going to be patient today. If it kills me! And it does. And everybody lives with you. I'll tell you another difference between the will of man producing fruit and the Holy Spirit producing fruit. It's time-tested. If your gentleness only happens sporadically or fades over time, it's a product of your will. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us, he supplies us with the flow of the sap of God that grows these attributes of God in our life. He helps us by his faithful, continual, and unmistakable nearness. I guess that's the most nonverbal knowing that I have. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why I talk to him in the car. I do. I just talk to him. And I know you may think this is silly, but every time I crank up my car, I thank the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I know what to do with the key. Thank you, Lord, that I have a car that runs. Thank you, Lord. I remember laying hands on cars. Anybody else? Jesus, help me. And then the Lord speaks back, this kind don't come out but by prayer and fasting. And car maintenance. <laughs> I, I've lived in both worlds. Just think, why do you talk to him? Well, he's right there. Like if I come into church and I see my buddy Stephen standing there, and he's right here. And he, hey, Pastor John. Why wouldn't you talk to him? Either I didn't like him or I didn't know he was there. Holy Spirit's with you. You ought to be, help me, Lord, and thank you, Lord. That's the two sides of the coin. Help me, Lord, and thank you, Lord. When you come out of the meeting, thank you, Lord. Going in, help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Almost done here. But I love this part that says, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come. He'll show you things in your word and in your way. He will give you, and I know this is mystical for some of you, but some of us are wired. I love this. He said, I'm going to tell you some things to come that other people don't know about. Kind of like a word of knowledge. You know, one of the gifts of the Spirit is the word of knowledge, which means God has all knowledge, and he takes out one bit of that knowledge and gives it to you. And you could not know it any other way. He'll just tell you things to come. I remember having a dream years ago. And this happened after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, by the way. Spiritual activity really increased in my mind and in my ministry after that. The sensitivity and the activity. I wasn't any more saved, but I was more sensitive and active operating with the Lord. I had a dream that I was in a church church. Not like this. This is like a Sam's Club, but you know, it was like a church church. It was kind of octagon and it sloped down from the back to the front just a little bit. And in the dream, the guy asked, uh, the guy said, now, if you're really struggling in your faith, if you're uh, entangled in sin, if you, if, you, if you can't get up, I want you to stand. And people stood from all over the building. He said, now, those of you that are ministers uh, and or those that you experientially experientially, are walking in the victory that God's given you in moments like that. I want you to walk towards them. 
And in my dream, I started walking down this sloped concrete, and I got to, it's like the people parted in the dream. It wasn't like a Red Sea part of me. They just moved out of the way, and I walked up to two guys dressed in black, black shirts and black pants, and one of them walked away, and I walked up to the other guy, and I said, hey, can I pray for you? And he goes, ain't no use in praying for me, man. I'm too far gone. I said, oh, buddy, there's strength in the name of the Lord. In his name, when you call on his name, help rushes in. Felt and unfelt, seen and unseen. Because he told us, if you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. Which implies, if you touch me, I'm going to touch you back. I believe there was a part in Moses' burning bush. It's just my take of it when I read the Bible. It doesn't contradict the Bible. When Moses turned, when he thought it was the Lord, he said, that bush ain't burning up. Maybe this is the Lord. And he drew near. God told him to take his shoes off because the place he was standing was holy. And see, with us, every place we stand is holy. I think there's a part of it where he said, Moses, I want you to feel this. I want your feet to touch this. He didn't have socks like we had, just had the sandals. I want you to know that wherever your body touches, I am there. And I want you to know it. I want you to know it, know it experientially. I want you to, to know in the nearness. So I have this dream, and I went, man, that was a vivid dream. And I start going backwards. Has this happened in my life? No. So about a year and a half later, the last thing on my mind is this dream. And I'm going to a youth convention. Uh, I was a youth pastor at that time. Didn't recognize the building, didn't recognize. And sure enough, some preacher, I heard this voice. So right now, guys, we're all in different places and different seasons of our life. But if you are struggling, if you are entangled in sin and you feel overcome and you can't help yourself, I want you to stand. And you know, I got one in a little deja vu. I hadn't remembered the dream. Like, like hitting a tuning fork. Ding. I went, what meaneth this? King James. And he said, I want you to stand. And I want those of you that are youth pastors and or ministers, or you experientially have victory in this life. I went, ding. I want you to come. And I start remembering my dream. I said, okay. I'm gonna, I stood up in faith. I said, in my mind, it's, it's hard to articulate. I've entered the dream now from a year and a half ago. And I said, all right, people can get out of the way. <laughs> I did. That's what I was, and the people kind of just meandered and moved. And I looked to where I did in the dream, and there's two boys in their 20s standing there in black. And I said, and I'm thinking, cue the one to walk away. He walks away. And I walked up to this guy, and I said, man, was I confident. I had the word from the Lord a year and a half ago for him. I said, hey, can I pray for you? No, man, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. I said, let me tell you a dream I had a year and a half ago. I told him the dream, and all of a sudden, you could see the hope start to rise. And I said, God knew where you were then, and he knows where you are today. Hey, and watch this. And I said, and I've been waiting a year and a half to tell you there is strength in that name. Now, I wasn't correcting the gentleman that asked for prayer. How many of you know it's okay for anybody to pray for you that walks with the Lord? But I had a word for him. I said, you don't need me to pray for you. You just speak his name. You call. And I stepped back from him, 
And that little boy put his hands up, and you could see them unraveling Lazarus and pulling the clothes off of him. And when he got up, he was like, you know how you know people, all right, man, you know, he was good. How did I know that? He said, well, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He knows. He knows what's happening in general. He knows what's happening in the world. And this is not a boast. This was just a general impression. You know, before COVID hit, a couple months before COVID hit, on my Facebook, I put, I don't advertise this. I'm not a prophet. But I said, something global is coming, the likes of which we've not seen. It's going to grab the attention of the world. I didn't know what all it was. But it's like the Holy Spirit gave me just that. So I can either not share it because, well, that's something you could say. Something's going to happen anyway, somewhere. But I, I just put it out there. So there was a general knowing. But then there's a knowing personally. If our musician would come, please. When, when the Holy Spirit just gives you an impression or a dream, he talks to me in dreams a lot. I dream a lot. I dream almost nightly. Anybody else? Now, this is what I've been waiting at. Who doesn't dream? You just don't dream. That's just amazing to me. I have the craziest ones. I said, Kelly, you'll never guess what I dream. She goes, can I sit down? There's, it's like the person that ate pizza and something else and ice cream and jalapenos and then a Red Bull and went to sleep. I have the craziest dreams. Well, sometimes, you know, uh, they, they are God dreams and I just lost my place. Hold on. What was I going? Personally, he'll, you'll get, thank you, Mike. He'll, uh, for those visiting, you say, why did you just tell us you lost your place? Because I used to sit in church and wonder why the guy didn't just say that instead of talk for 10 minutes. And you knew when he got back on track. Because it was like 10 minutes of word salad. And then, oh yeah! And then he's back on revival. I'd just rather say, wait a minute, I lost my play. I just, that's, that's why. That's the honest reason why. What was I talking about, Mike? Personal. Wait a minute. Oh, there we go. Yeah, personal. Little things, big things, small things. I had one happen. I might have shared it with you one time before. And I know this has covered a lot of ground. You know what my motive is today, talking to you? I want to create a thirst in you for what's been waiting on you. The fullness of the, If the grace of God saved me, what can the fullness of God do? If the grace of God saved me, what the fullness of God So we're during our Tuesday night and Friday night prayer meetings. We're up in the grill. My friend Stacy Jordan and Mama Sheila and Kelly and uh, there's a couple others that really prayed for me for three plus years in, in the grill and down here. And one day she brought her little boy. You know, most two-year-olds aren't conducive to prayer meetings. You know, they, they kind of, somebody just monitors them, you know, and Stacy couldn't really pray. She's holding him. And before then, I'd never raised a baby or, you know, really even watched one by myself. I mean, kids, I watched kids, but not a baby. And I just walked over to her. Very difficult season of my life. Never saw it coming. I was was tired of crying and praying. I was tired of it. Let me take you. Let me take you. So when a man comes over and says, let me me take your baby for you. He he don't want to be where he was and what he was doing, you know. I just just cried myself out. That's all I was doing is crying. So I took the little boy right, right there. And I turned and I was holding that baby. And I was overcome 
with the feeling. I knew what it would feel like to have a son. You, you can say that's no, God didn't do that. That didn't happen. That's fine. I'm just telling you what happened. I felt so much like it was my son that I felt like I had to give him back because this one wasn't my boy. And I walked over to him and said, we just take him. And I went and got on my face and I just wept. <laughs> I said, you going to give me a boy, Lord? I don't even have a wife. He said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into your heart the things that I've provided and prepared for you. I just wanted you to have a, a foretaste of what it's going to feel like. And if you were to say, John, I will grant your family a trust of $100 million if you can come within two of how many times a day you hug your children and hold them. If you had to say individually for each child, and especially as it pertains to this story, Elisha, I would say 12, 13. And on half of those or more, I think back to that day, he'd already played the movie. <laughs> I didn't know there was a movie playing next door with my name on the door, but he did. And the Holy Spirit will help you and he'll show you things to come. He will receive of that which is Christ and show it unto you. But you have to be filled. These signs will follow those that believe on my name. They'll, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the closest that I ever feel to Jesus. Now, I'm not closer. I'm just aware of his proximity more. Because once you're saved, how many know there's no levels of salvation? But the frequency is dialed in. The prayers are more straightforward and more significant. My, my, my sensitivity is heightened. This isn't in my notes, but can I share one more thing with you before we close? And I'm not trying to be crass or crude. But the Bible speaks of uh, the circumcision of the heart. When a little boy is born and they take his little private and they circumcise it. They pull all the foreskin and they cut it a certain way. And they tuck it back under the little end of his private and they stitch it. It then becomes the most sensitive place on his body. And see, men, you don't know this because you don't change diapers. But the women will tell you that you go to change a little boy and he, if he's already done tt and the wind hits down there, here it goes, sealing everywhere. And she's like, oh, you just covered up with cushions, a spare small dog, a plate, whatever's right there. Okay, it just, this. my point is, he can't say it because I feel that. <laughs> Sensitive. And when you're saved, he takes the outer skin of your heart and he cuts it back. Now listen. 
to where any contact is sensitive. And the Holy Spirit, in service, you feel what other people don't feel. You're not better, but you're sensitive. You're more sensitive. Are you saying that spirit-filled people are more sensitive to the things of God? Yes. Spirit-filled, not me. I'm irrelevant. I'm the least qualified of anybody. But there's wind that blew in the upper room that still blows today. Not for comfort, but to remind you, I'm here to help you. If you need help this morning, listen, all this is is a commitment to seek him, and it assaults your pride. It says, I I don't care what anybody thinks. If you need his help today or his fullness, no one's going to pray for you today. It's just you and him. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, will you baptize me? I'm not looking for an experience. I'm looking for you, your fullness. And and for those that are spirit-filled too, Lord, I need your help. If that's you, would you just come stand around this front for just a few moments? We're going to pray together. Lord, I need you today. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Do you know this course? Will you come up and get a mic? Yeah, come on. Any of our singers that know this, if you want to come up. I just believe the Lord is going to touch your heart today. Ain't nobody going to manufacture nothing. If the Lord's here and you need him and you ask him, won't he touch you? Won't he help you? You got your mic. Come in that strength and that power. Church family, stand with us. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. If you know this, sing with us. I need thee. I need you. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thy strength and thy power. Once more, let it be your prayer today all throughout the building.
church family, would you look this way one more time? And Jason, in just a moment, I want you to close for us. Sometimes you'll know when. You'll be in quiet time and the Lord will visit you. Can I just tell you my experience? Most of the time it's when I'm not looking for it. I'll be walking outside the mall up here or by myself and it's like and I say, Lord, not here at Belks. Not here, you know. And you know what I do? It's not church. It's not church service and no one will be confused. I'm just standing over the next to the khakis and I just lift my hands. Don't you worry. They ain't going to bother you. They're going to walk all around you. Just trust me. Ain't nobody going to bother you. I just lift my hands and go, God, and not loud. Lord, I just, I sent you and I want you to know I wasn't going to feel you blowing on my uncircumcised heart and me not say nothing. I just bless you. I just love you, Lord. And when I got done praying, ain't nobody around. It's all good news. And they all leave. What happens is, to him that hath, more shall be given. And when you start responding, say, Lord, I make a commitment to you. When I sense your presence, I'm going to respond. If I got to go take my break. Well, you just took a break. Well, take my afternoon break. Here it is. I got to go. And just lock yourself in the restroom. Lord, I just want you to know, I knew that was you. It happens more often. There becomes a mutual, well, I want to be with you too. I want you to be with me more. No, I'll see you more, and I'll see you more and more. And it gets to be this personal thing. This is not a game, but it is a relationship. And there's more. You remember the Gadarene demoniac? It came to the shore, ripped chains off of him, rips his clothes off, and the demons start talking. They said, what have we to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high? I know who you are. You're the holy one of Israel. He says, shut up. And he asked him, what's your name? And he said, Legion, for we are many. The demon said, Legion, which in that day and time and culture, Legion meant 5,000. So he was saying, there's 5,000 demons in this one man's soul. My question is, if, you, if one man can house 5,000 demons, how much of the Holy Spirit can you hold? Everyone that asketh, Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. All during the day. Fill me, Lord. So what's he going to do? Fill you with his Holy Spirit. Jay, would you come, buddy? Check. Amen. Amen. Believer, I encourage you to... Never allow the cares of this world and the confusion that can circle certain topics to deceive you or pull you away from the simplicity that is found in Christ. He said, wait for the gift. Be filled with the Spirit, believer. It is our empowerment to go forward and be representatives of Christ. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for this house and body of believers, God. We thank you that we have the opportunity to come and worship you in song, in the preached word, in time spent before the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your empowerment, your encouragement, the comfort and the teaching, the provision that you are for us. We just thank you for that, Lord. And for anyone here that 
hasn't experienced that, Father. We just pray that you continue to draw them and quicken them and that they will seek you and find the fullness thereof. We love you and honor you, Lord. Amen. Y'all have a blessed Lord's Day, and don't forget, right now, after service, we have the youth versus youth leaders football game. If you want to have some hot dogs and chili at the chili cook-off, follow Chris Weeks over here to my left, and right around the corner will be the entrance. Church family, could I have your attention one quick second? I promise it won't take but a moment. I just don't know who's...